Hey, welcome Crusaders and our other friends to Ashes Pathfinders, the dedicated Ashes of Creation podcast now running 51 episodes strong. Our uh, weekly episodes where we, uh, our Ashes Pathfinders venture into weekly episodes where I think I just did that like three times in a row, didn't I? Can you tell I haven't oh, slept? Dear God, man. So we're here to talk about theory crafting, you know, community concerns, some of your points of interest and other stuff that I should probably know by this point, but hey, whatever. I am here with my co-host Daedalus. What's up, Daedalus? What's up, everyone? Man, this is what happens whenever I am running on fumes, you know? I just <laughs> blah, 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 blah. You're like, what? Sim, what? And it's like, man, I, I don't even know. I don't even know, man. Uh, title of the day, The Cunning and the Fierce. We'll get to the reason for that uh, um, title here, here soon. God bless, dude. What is going on? I just... Can you just dust me? <laughs> Thank you. Okay, I'm good. I'm good now. Oh, man. Yeah, so I got to give a shout out, as always, to the patrons here of the Crusade and supporters of the Ashes Pathfinder show. Um, all your subscriptions, whether it be on Twitch, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on here on DLive, or if it's over um, on Patreon, where you can support the show and all their content that I'm involved in. Um, thank you so much to all you all for uh, keeping the crusade marching strong. Appreciate it, chat. Everyone's here to dust me. That's great. Um, so yeah, this episode today, we did say last week that we had missed a couple things. And so we're going to kind of dig into some of that. Uh, one of which would be the dev discussion on the forums uh, that was released actually last week prior to our wait week-ish in the past. We'll go with week-ish, you know, words. We're good with them today, apparently. <laughs> We're going to talk a little bit about the Hippogriff uh, article that was uh, posted on the blog on the 9th, on the 9th last Thursday. Actually got that right. And yeah, some uh, implications, uh, kind of talking a little bit. We're going to discuss a little bit about uh, some of the animal husbandry, which I know Nice Scream and Chad's probably going to freaking love it. She is all about that life. Um, but yeah, before we dig into it, yeah. Um, the dev discussion was all about solo gaming, right? So I'm going to take a look at it. We're going to take a look at that one first, right? And if Sim can get this right, come on. Oh, crap. Is it this one? Great. It's not working. I'm not showing you all anything. Just listen to my tasty voice. Uh, beautiful voice? Tasty? I don't know. <laughs> whatever, man. People are going to be like, God, this guy's a wreck. I'm like, whatever, dude. Just go with it. So they did one of these last month in uh, April too. And I believe April was actually the first month they were doing this. And mm -hmm. back then it was like, what's some of uh, your favorite times in MMORPGs, right? This one is dev discussion on solo gameplay. And how do you feel about solo progression? How far should a player be able to progress as a quote unquote lone wolf? right wolf pack of one wolf pack of one which is really interesting actually this is interesting have you ever seen that movie jupiter what was it called jupiter rising yeah jupiter rising yeah right all right just now with that whole pack thing or whatever i was i just was reminded of a a quote from there where like uh sean bean's character is like talking to mila kunis's character about um 
what was it exactly? Something about like when, you know, you are in the pack or whatever, you know, if one gets removed from the pack, they either kind of like die off or they become what he became and all this. And you're like, right, oh, okay. right. It's total side tangent there, but <laughs> it's completely irrelevant. But, you know, we've got to fill it in sometimes when we're kind of like, what's that sound? That's the sound <laughs> of silence. <laughs> like nice. leave it to sim though he's just sticking to it for the for the dead zone it's like i i can't help it man i, I love him but sometimes you just gotta you just gotta roll with the punches man um and sometimes you just gotta laugh about it you know find the humor and things really but um yeah solo gameplay so how far should a player be able to progress as a lone wolf um, i think that's a very relevant conversation i know that there's going to be two sides of the discussion here, right? And I want to know what people have to think about it. Here's my perspective. And I'm going to hit on both of them because I feel like it's, I kind of try to like play, kind of try to be the mediator. It's kind of my thing. I try to look for like the fair answers here. There's plenty of times in MMORPGs, I'm going to tell you solo gameplay that I thoroughly enjoyed in World of Warcraft specifically was, I like to go do old raids and farm that. I like to get on my character who's way OP for the level or for the for the content at that level at the time it was released. Go back, farm rare mounts, farm pets that they've added now, farm uh, gear sets, etc. It's just to me mind numbing. And sometimes if you do it close enough to win that content, you know the most recent uh, content was was out. Like you get this, you're currently in the new expansion and you're doing last expansion's content, right? Well, if you do that, especially early in the newest expansion your gear level and stat squish and all that's happened. And so you're kind of like, you're stronger, but you're not necessarily strong enough to be all like God moding it. Like you still got to watch out for mechanics and it can be challenging. And sometimes certain things and by things, I mean, bosses or encounters or whatever, aren't exactly the easiest to actually do solo. Maybe sometimes impossible because of things like mind controlling, et cetera, a bunch of random um, types of uh, mechanics in World of Warcraft specifically. But right. Uh, solo content, you know, questing for me has always been a solo experience, right? Um, mm -hmm. it, to some, in some regard, I would say that world PVP can also be a solo experience. Of course, it can be a group experience too, right? Get your, your right. reserve group together and you go, you know, roll over the enemy, uh, city or town or something and just go through and kill all the quest givers and play some dirty tactics you know and be like now all the lobies that log in and want to try and level are going to be stuck isn't that funny roger and you're like no that's not that's a douche move actually but yeah that would be full dweedle like, yeah full-on dweedle on show hashtag you, you get dusted just dust them I, I gotta figure out a way to make the sound of like oh that was good <laughs> nah i just i ruined it okay the first time was great. I should have left it at that. I had to try and like overly impress people. Sorry, everyone. Uh, but, you know, it's an MMORPG. So at the end of the day, the majority of the content is going to revolve around the multiplayer component that is the MMO. And I still think that there's a lot of space. But as far as solo progression goes, I don't feel like it should take you much further than things that can be done solo, you know, dungeons shouldn't be soloable from my perspective as although look, I love going back and soloing things in the, that are from old content or whatever, but truly I think part of what has hurt. Wow. In the past 
is the fact that you can do that. Because it, it causes a lot of people to be like, well, I don't have to like really talk to people. I don't have to coordinate stuff. I don't have to get groups together for this, right? Maybe if it's an achievement run or something, but really I don't need to. And I feel like group content, I feel like you should always need to because it keeps the multiplayer component. Now, dungeons, raids, uh, certain PvP initiatives maybe, uh, maybe even certain quests, right? Like, especially in something like Ashes where potentially that overarching narrative, the meta story such as we're calling it between servers, if we have like a legendary and it's like going to take a raid group to go figure it out or multiple people with different skills to be able to like navigate to find said legendary, then that you don't really want that to be. If you want the like server to really be engaged in the discovery of something so rare and unique that your entire server can once again, be proud of that as opposed to everybody, you get a legendary, you get a legendary, you get a legendary and, in all yeah, that kind of defeats the purpose of it yeah. actually being legendary. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So how far should it go from my perspective, as far as it's not group content. And then when you get to group content, you need to stop there. I really, as much as I love it, I don't want to, I don't want to solo dungeons. I don't want to be able to solo dungeons or raids in ashes of creation. Uh, what's some of your thoughts on that? I mean, the one thing that I, I maybe took away from the discussion, the responses more than the question from the devs is I think what the devs are really trying to do was look for feedback from the community on how solo gameplay can be relevant. I think the way the discussion went on the forums um, and I kind of want to set a little bit of context before I talk about you know, what I think, but I think the way the discussion on the forums went was almost like, okay, that means we can change the entire fundamental game design to be a solo shared world experience. That kind of triggered me to be honest, right? Because I, much like you, Sim, I mean, my wife and I have both, you know, played WoW for years one of the most fun activities we had has been going into those old raids and farming, you know, certain pieces that, you know, back in the day we couldn't get for, you know, RNG reasons or what have you. So I definitely feel like, you know, while um, it is, it does feel a little bit, you know, kind of like cheating. Okay. I'm going back and doing this. It's still a fun activity, right? There's still, it's still a way to, enjoy the game, enjoy the content, kind of get something, you know, nice to, you know, work on your transmog. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, to your point, right, it is kind of easy mode. There isn't really a lot of challenge there. It's more mine. Mm-hmm. And and my personal opinion with Ashes of Creation, what I felt like the, the team was really trying to reinforce is while the game itself is meant for kind of massive, you know, encounters large groups group play they're balancing for group play they always talked about a concept of you know whatever your play style is your contribution is going to have me and so that's kind of the way i took it too is that i did really enjoy kind of questing doing certain activities having a way for me to horizontally progress or you know level right um solo i think um 
I think that just means for me that there should be achievable things that I can do as a solo player, but and keep it maybe more straightforward or simple. I mean, there still might be some challenge there, but those really complex encounters, those like dungeons, raids, that's definitely like a group play thing, right? I need to coordinate with people to be able to, you know, take down a world boss or take down a, you know, a dungeon. And I think, you know, leveling the match should be possible solo. Um, there, But I think there should also be incentives for playing in groups. Like inherently, you know, one of the things that I've seen in other games that I, you know, agree with is having there be maybe a trade-off of efficiency or speed by choosing this level solo versus in a group, right? You get a group bonus for, you know, doing quests as a group, you know, that kind of thing. But I think once a player reaches max level, right, there should be activities and things they can do that can, you know, help them, you know, find a place in the world, um, you know, have progression in multiple systems, you know, they can, uh, you know, craft, they can, you know, gather. So there's all these activities they can do to progress themselves personally. But if they are going to want to, you know, do some of that larger group content, you know, they should, you know, have to find a group. And I'm not talking about a group finder. Mm -hmm. um, I think that was something that the team has already said, no, we really don't want to do that. We want people to interact. So, you know, they want travel to be meaningful, right? So to me, they've already hinted, you know, hinted at having like maybe bulletin boards in towns or taverns or that kind of thing. I think the point is here, players need to feel like they matter and that their role is relevant. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that means that the fundamental game design should be shifted from, you know, people needing to coordinate and communicate and form a community to do content and have it totally shift into a shared world, you know, division two where I can go in and play solo by myself and, you know, no need for other people. Right. I still have to have, you know, I, I want to have those opportunities to connect with people, my guild, you know, friends. And, and to me, that was the most fun experience for me obviously i you know i met my wife in wow and so i was doing that because hey i was trying to be social and group with people and needed help so i needed another person to come in and mm -hmm. and that's that's kind of to me what makes an mmo an mmo is having those social interactions and you know enjoying content with friends yeah it tends to get pretty boring for me to do things solo and that's when i tend to kind of you know fall out of favor with MMOs because it's to me it's it's not a rewarding experience if I'm not sharing it with someone. Yeah, some of the best some of the some of the coolest experiences I've had in MMORPGs is whenever you know you're out there doing your own thing or you see some random who looks bewildered and uncertain of what they should be doing and one person or the other in either scenario helps that person and you get those interactions and you get those like potential new friendships and things like that and Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think, I think my main takeaway is that if community and, and really bringing, making MMORPGs great again, you want community and you want an opportunity, you know, the mentor system is a great thing. We've talked about that before. Mentor mm -hmm. system is a great way of really kind of, uh, um, encouraging interaction, even though there's like a gain for someone who's mentoring or whatever, um, 
you know, it's still still an opportunity for interaction. And I like the fact that they're they have this goal of of trying to really make that a priority. And I think that, you know, if you make it to where you can solo things so easily or you can go through and and do that, then I feel like you lose out on a lot of the opportunity as much as much as I've liked it. Um, but more importantly to everybody here, you know, this video will be up on on the YouTube and stuff and it, you know, what are some of your thoughts? What are some of the things that you're interested in? The next dev discussion, which will be sometime later this month, usually it's what towards the end. Yeah, no. usually. But this was May second, so what early June, late late May, probably early June, right around the first of the month, I would assume. Yeah. Um, the, usually, let them go for about a month. Yeah. So next dev discussion topic: group gameplay, which should be interesting. Um, that's a good conversation. I know we've actually covered that one a few times here. Um, so back to our title though, right? Like the cunning and the fierce. Well, we're talking about hippogriffs, everyone. I know, I know. You're like, I was thinking of something maybe a little more epic. Look, hippogriffs are epic. And if you don't think so, then I'm sorry. You're not as imaginative as I am. Or <laughs> hashtag get dusted. I don't know what to say other than hippogriffs are fantastic, man. Uh, there was a video and it was, and I'm posting for those of you here um, in chat. Uh, as we are currently, currently streaming this. This is the article. <clears throat> so I'm not going to show you here on screen, but uh, the lore of the Hippogriff, they dropped this May 9th. Um, that's cool, man. You know, lore. I like lore. Uh, they have a lot of actual screenshots on there of, of a few different variations of the uh, the Hippogriffs. And... I don't know. It was just kind of cool seeing this. I mean, it was clear to me that the environment in the video was, you know, it was pretty clear to me that the, uh, sorry, it's kind of, I'm looking at this and realizing something we'll talk about in a second, but I was realizing that, um, you know, a lot of this was in the APOC environment. Mm -hmm. And so I was, that, I think that was the one thing I was kind of a little bit disappointed about. I think I would have liked seeing the video with them in the MMORPG environment and would have left people going, Oh man, What's that? That looks new back there. Then you get all the, all the, the lore nerds and all the the people that are looking for all this new stuff going. Well, what is this speculation going crazy? Mm -hmm. So that was the one thing that was kind of like a kind of a negative for me on it. The big positive though was like you know they were literally talking about the different types of the hippogriffs. I want to say griffins. Apologies. Um, and on these video, on these images that I'm looking at, they all appear to have hooved back feet or back back legs or whatever there's hooves on those back legs mm -hmm. and i don't know if i'm even right about this but i feel like that they were lion back legs in the damn apoc test environment there's screenshots on here actually showing and some of them are like uh, 3d rendering you know showing some of the barding that we talked about last time that we had actually mm -hmm. seen and yeah, some of the barding looks really nice. Some of it's actually new. It's not the same stuff that you saw in APOC. Not at all. Um, I actually really think it looks pretty pretty damn cool. And yeah, and so we remember one one point. Um, I'm going to back off on that, actually. I'm going to back off on that. I'm not going to actually talk about that just yet. Wait for the uh, animal husbandry bit, but we've seen some of this before. The video is pretty cool. It's mainly just... Uh, for the visuals, has some nice music. 
So I'm going to read this description. There's not a whole lot to it. Uh, so they listed here, it said, since ancient times, a hippogriff has been a symbol of noble and majestic strength for numerous cultures. They are cunning and fiercely independent creatures. Oh, that's where that came from. A rarity it is for one to have the opportunity to get close enough without being torn apart by their piercing beaks and talons. However, those fortunate enough to form a bond with the hippogriff will find them to be loyal beings almost to a fault. It is a sight to see a hippogriff and its rider leading the vanguard of a prestigious army, such as the inspiration they bring. Is that hitting you in the Alliance feels, Daedalus? Yeah, a little bit. kind of... <laughs> So yeah, what was uh I guess first I want to talk about some of the impressions of the article. What was like your impression of the article overall? I mean, I would I don't want to start off on a bad note, but I kind of might. I mean, I was like, I was hoping for the next note article to kick off the month. Mm. But that being said, you know, I do love me some lore and crafting. So this article did definitely scratch that itch. Mm-hmm. Um I mean I, I like the concepts to in-game render like animation video i think that was a nice touch i mean i thought the movement overall seemed natural so the animation was really good the only thing that i would say caught me off guard is i thought the legs moved a little too much during flight it just felt like they were like walking on the ground and you know flapping their wings which i know seemed a little off to me but i would have to say the level of detail on the models was pretty impressive um i mean i like the fact that they kind of attach a racial identity to the hippogriffs um yeah but the one thing that i would have to say was maybe a con for me is there wasn't really visually distinct you know art in terms of the different other than like the color variation Mm -hmm. right and that was the one thing that i'm like okay if this is really like something that kalar is like all about or the empyrean is all about i would expect you know the races to kind of breed something different into them so i mean so that's where i thought hmm, maybe this should be a little more visually distinct but again not to take away from the level of detail i mean i i think they look fantastic i just felt like if you're going to really say hey this is something you know is you know distinctly kalar distinctly imperian i would expect to see something different other than the color of the the feathers on the on the you know creature itself mm-hmm. um i kind of have the same feedback on the barding um you know just kind of in a vacuum what we saw last week you know and we talked about last week was really impressive you know really strong level of detail but again the only difference that i really saw was you know color palette and a stamp of a yeah. different race um I mean, if, if racial influences are supposed to be vastly different between the different cultures of Vera, I want to see that kind of permeate all aspects of design. Um, so swapping a color palette and having kind of the same base model didn't really scream racially distinct to me. Mm. Um, and if I recall correctly, I think the Imperians were more of an Eastern influence culture. So I'd like to see something like that permeate the design of the barding. <clears throat> Nothing like overly like outlandish, you know, not like something, you know, just is going to be visually distracting, but at least some influences in terms of some of the detailed design. Um, again, I'm not trying to minimize the level of detail the team put into the designs. I mean, they're all like really cool in terms of how they put them together. I kind of felt like 
Kalar could have stuck with whatever they had, and then you could have kind of gone a different design route with the mm-hmm. Imperium ones. Just trying to reinforce the notion that I heard from Steven mm-hmm. and even Matt when I spoke to them in the past that, you know, let's not have a game where everyone ends up looking the same, right? And just maybe having a different palette. I want to see some visual distinction between the races. And we've seen that, I would say, a little more with some of the armors they've released recently with the, you know, the Order of the Iron Lion um, in comparison to, you know, the laser light show that is the Imperian armor we've seen in the past. Laser but I, I am hoping, again, that there is, like, if if I see somebody in the game world, I may not be able to see, like, all the detail and kind of in them from afar, but I, I can kind of see, oh, hey, that's an Empyrean or that's a Pyrian or that's, you know, a Kalar or, you know, what have you. So I want to be able to kind of tell what race somebody is aligned to by their armor. And that's kind of the piece that I, I feel like fell a little bit short um, in terms of the distinction. Again, not the level of detail that they did put into it. Clearly, I mean, it looks cool. I mean, I'm on board with, you know, the creatures being as, you know, as as awesome as they talked about. I just felt like if you're going to throw a curveball in there related to race, then make me really see Empyrean without actually having to read the article or Kalar for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in chat, Wisp brought up a good point, right? And that was uh, Hippogriff versus Griffin. So we did have griffins in in apoc so that's mm-hmm. the main distinct the distinction here that I mean, for anybody that's like viewing this article that they can really take away because mm-hmm. i saw tarlac was in chat going yeah i remember last time in the br you know look different now i mean i remember it being different too and so that's the you know it's the back end is isn't like a lion it's it's more like a horse and mm-hmm. and so yeah i mean overall I noticed that looking at these images, they seem pretty. I want to say that they're like significantly more detailed than a lot of what was rendered in APOC, to be honest. Yeah, I would, that I would agree with. I mean, yeah. yeah, definitely they, they up their game on mm-hmm. that. And again, I don't want to minimize with my feedback the amount of work that went into really getting these creatures right. Because yeah. I think their behaviors um, just you know, really felt spot on. The animations, for the most part, were you know fantastic. It just, again, that when they talk about having different races having some sort of influence over the creature, that's the part that I'm like, hmm, they didn't really go all out on that. But as far as again, the level of detail, yeah, it was really impressive. Right. I mean, yeah, the eyes, the beak, the the head movements, I think were really kind of spot on. So they definitely have a lot of talent on this game. It just, you know. Just take take off the you know the chains, man. Just really go go nuts. And if you're really gonna go Empyrean, you know, show me Empyrean. Yeah. So and, and in case you're you know haven't read the article, what are we talking about? So the Winterhawk is the uh, the famed Empyrean Winterhawk, right? Special breed of a hippogriff, born to withstand the frigid temperatures, et cetera, et cetera. You can kind of read that. Uh, the Nighthawk is the uh, Kalar humans distinguished uh, mount for cavalry and and outriders and so there's those the war wind uh and they don't really i don't think they specify the war wind um <clears throat> excuse me 
I think no. it was more like generic, like yeah. out in the wild, maybe. Yeah, I feel like maybe the Warwind's the one you kind of see commonplace, and then maybe the Nighthawk and the um, the Nighthawk and the Winterhawk are like the variations that maybe were through you know uh, breeding or kind of created by the two races mm-hmm. or whatever to kind of suit their needs. Um, yeah, they gave some really good descriptions on on the different the different variations of the hippogriff. Which was nice. They gave a little bit about the Iron Quill Masters barding, um, where they're kind of talking about talking about kind of outlining, uh, like almost like schematic meets 3D render as they kind of layered it over a hippogriff uh, 3D model, which was really cool. They talked about a little bit. You got a little bit of lore from it, a um, little bit of a hint at the crafting professions and stuff. Not a lot of it, but just a little bit. And it was nice. Um, so you talked about this is one example of our how our animal husbandry system will allow you to create a variety of creatures to utilize as pets and mounts, whether you prefer the agile feline limbs of a griffin or the strong steed-like hind legs of a hippogriff, you'll be able to enjoy a diverse spectrum of breeding options. So this is kind of where we're talking about the dial system we've talked about previously, where we were able to kind of, you know, through what system we don't know yet, because we haven't gotten to that place, the artisan classes yet. But being able to kind of tune these creatures uh, into the kind of manner you wish for them to be. I don't really know how it is exactly this animal husbandry, husbandry system is exactly going to be implemented. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of going, you know, is it going to be, cause we know taming's a thing, right? So, it, you know, it's ha- animal husbandry going to work where you've got to go find yourself like uh, one of these, uh, what do we call it? The war wind? No, not the war wind. Yeah. The war wind. Yes. If you're going to go find like yourself, like this generic Warwind and then turn it into a Nighthawk, et cetera, right? By breeding with another one, you know, is it going to be really specific and something like, this is not an MMORPG, but Ark, Survival of All, for example, where you have a ton of different dinosaurs. You can go and you can tame, you know, uh, ideally two max level uh, creatures and you breed them male and female. And then you get a variety of different color types, uh, stat changes, things like that, just different variations and stats and stuff based on the RNG component to it. Um, So is Animal Husbandry going to be similar to that where we've got to go and we've actually got to um, go capture two different creatures and then actually have to breed them? And then as part of that process, determine some of the dials based on maybe some of these stats, or is it going to just be like this kind of across the board thing where, you know, you go into this um, barn or something and you access a table and you just start turning dials because you've got one particular animal mm-hmm. or because you just specialized in hippogriffs or just specialized in griffins. I mean, it sounds based on the article though, that it's going to be more of a, well, doesn't, there's not going to be a specialization because if we're going to be able to tune this, one way or the other, it sounds pretty straightforward. So my thoughts are, is how straightforward do we want that system to be? Uh, And how complex do we want it to be? And what does complex look like to the person that wants to have this as an artisan profession? How is that going to compare to something like blacksmithing where armor smith, weaponsmith, whatever, right? Um, You know, the people that are watching this later, post-show, et cetera, you know, what are some of your thoughts? What do you want to see? 
Um, and that's my question, I think, for you, Daedalus, is what what would you like to see in regard to animal husbandry where this artisan class uh, can remain relevant, I think, in comparison to other artisan classes? Personally, I mean, I'd have to say, you know, out of the whole um, the whole article, this curveball at the end, um, I can definitely see that Intrepid is learning the ways of the Light Forge baby powder from the path line, you know? <laughs> uh, because I felt like I was like, wait, what? Let me read that again. Because then, I mean, I just went on this tangent from, hey, here's these hippogriffs and here's all this lore. And I was like, mm, okay, it's pretty mellow article. And then boom, at the end, we talked about animal husbandry. So, I mean, my personal thought on it is I would like to stay away from RNG. RNG has never been something that I have felt at home with as a gamer. I mean, maybe some level of random is okay, but I don't want it to be the primary component here. I do want to be able to, in a sense, have like almost like a character creator. That if I, you know, start off with two, you know, base animals, base creatures, I can kind of ebb and flow what they look like and kind of create something unique to me as a breeder. Um, and depending on what I can do, maybe that lends itself to, you know, how much I've invested in that profession. Uh, you know, I might be able to do something maybe more complex the more time I invest in it. So I would like a reward for time invested to be part of that. Um, one thing that I did latch on to, um, you know, because I just knowing from being a veteran of, of the community, I was a little at first confused about, okay, so if, if I'm, you know, a, you know, somebody that invest time in animal husbandry. So can I create or breed a flying mount? Aren't flying mounts supposed to be rare? Am I going to turn into the animal husbandry Oprah and be able to give everybody a flying mount? And kind of, you know, that's kind of what I was like, okay, is that going to be a way to make money? And no, doesn't that defeat the purpose of flying mounts being rare? Um, and, and I did kind of get some clarification on this. Now, obviously, there's still going to be, you know, restrictions around flight. You know, you can potentially breed royal mounts. Um, so, so from my perspective, you know, I think, okay, that's good. There is some sort of, you know, check in there. I still need to meet a requirement to have a flying mount. Yeah. But kind of going that, that was a little bit of a tangent there. But going back to your, your question um, around that, I, I think this really opens up a lot for me and I would really like to be able to, you know, breed different bonuses in. So I might want to make my ground mount or flying mount that's restricted in a certain way, right? Faster. So I might want, or hardier, right? Have greater resistance to elements or weather, make it less likely for me to maybe be knocked off of a mount at a, at a trade-off for something else, right? Get another mounted ability or buff, they talked about mounted combat being a thing in Ashes in previous live streams. Not sure right. when that might be an option as far as animal husbandry is concerned, but I think it'd be really cool to be able to say, okay, well, I really like this ability from this one, you know, creature type. I want to crossbreed it with an, you know, an, you know, a related creature type. Obviously, you know, there 
just so they can't min max i'm assuming there's going to be some trade-offs to be able to do that within a species but kind of having those options i think would be really cool and i think a lot of um what we heard too there were some other leaks i'm pretty sure it was in discord somewhere or something was linked where you can kind of cross breed like a gorilla and, and it might have been a griffin i don't don't recall off the top of my head but what? i think being able to kind of see that that i think is really cool and again to me it would be a great way for time invested to be able to do some some of these more you know high fantasy type of things i mean personally i, I mean i felt a little daunted by the husbandry pre profession to begin with and when I first heard about it, I'm like, wow, this seems like it's going to take a lot of time to kind of tweak and kind of really, you know, get a handle on. But I would say this article unexpectedly kind of got me interested in what you can actually do with that profession. So I would like to see something, bottom line, less RNG based, something where time invested gives you some greater options and opening up. So the greater skill you have as a breeder maybe you might be able to, you know, do more visually with, with, you know, a crossbreed or maybe add different skills at less of a cost, but not necessarily making it kind of overpowered type of thing. But, but yeah, I would say those are the kind of things that I would really like to see. Um, but again, I mean, it wasn't one of those things that really excited me as much about Ashes. So I don't know how much of a role it's going to play, but I would like to kind of see to your point is what this means for professions in general, mm -hmm. how they're going to handle it. And when that article comes out, you know, soon TM, hopefully we'll get an in some insight into what that means for other professions too, and how that's going to work. Mm -hmm. And I saw a comment in chat too. I think it was from Wisp of Bird. I think she was saying, there's just going to be a dial system and, you know, that's really all there is to it. And, uh, right. And, and I think as far as like a way to really make it interesting is going to be like, not just, you know, what, what kind of like creatures can you combine and get a few dials? It's like, you know, uh, eye color, beak color, you know, foot color, you know, hoof color, claw color, uh, feather texture, uh, feather or wing shape, even feather, potentially feather shape. Um, you know, if they can make the, the system for animal husbandry as significant as your character creator, mm -hmm. then you're talking about something pretty, pretty, pretty spectacular as far yeah, as the profession I would, goes. I would totally be on board with that. Even though, like, like I said, animal husbandry wasn't, you know, something I gravitated to when I first heard about the game and mm -hmm. heard about some of the professions, I think that would, you know, that would be like, you know, full on awesome for, you know, me personally, as well as I'm assuming everyone that's really into, you know, animal husbandry is something like breeding, not only kind of mounts that have some type of combat viability, combat pets, cosmetic pets. I mean, I think that would be fantastic. I know, you know, my wife you know in the wow universe is was has you know totally been like i want to collect all these different pets and i you know she's like totally into researching all the different abilities and what you know works one place or another i think that would just be a great way to really kind of open that up for those collectors those you know folks that really want to create something unique and want to invest the time to do that 
Yeah. I think that would be, you know, fantastic. And again, to me, it's, I'm better off, like in terms of professions going with time invested versus RNG. I don't want to have to click a button a thousand times to get something really cool. I want to be able to, you know, invest time and it might be a quest that I have to go on and work with others on a particular dungeon or harvest a rare material or tame a rare beast. I mean, there's so many ways to make this really interesting versus a slog. And I think that's what I really hope they do, not only with husbandry, but also with other professions is don't make it, you know, a FedEx grind my face into the dirt, like J-O-B, right? I I have a, a job. I don't need another one. Yeah. If I game time, right? Yeah. Make it fun and interesting. Have it be another way of sharing lore, right? I mean, I think that was, to me, again, the pro of this article, right? Was there's so much lore that they kind of inserted in this, and I want there to be more. There's mythical beasts you can go on a hunt, and there, there's a lot of great feedback about hunting parties, right, mm-hmm. in chat. I think that would be great, you know, group up with a, you know, a bunch of other tamers, and animal husbandry interested folks and go out on a hunt, go out on a hunt with your friends to get this rare ingredient or this rare piece of DNA that you need for your profession. I mean, there's just, again, there's so many creative ways you can make this a worthwhile time investment versus a random click your button. And at some point, you know, the sun is going to shine upon you. You know, I've got a couple couple of points that came to mind when we were discussing this. And the one is, you know, these hunting parties, what if, you know, you've got a hat, like, let's say it's a rare spawn, right? Mm-hmm. That legendary Seymour of, of, of mythology that exists in Vera, right, mm-hmm. Stephen? <laughs> and, and you've got a hunting party. And in order to actually get this thing, you've got somebody maybe who is uh, in animal husbandry, right? Someone who would actually tame this creature so that they could breed said creature. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can make this meaningful and important. Another thing I was thinking was if you go back to, we're all talking about mounts and I think a big part of the focus for a lot of conversation most people have is uh, how can, how diverse are the mounts going to be? Look like your wife. I'm a big collector in world of Warcraft. I have collected a ton of pets, hundreds and hundreds of pets. Same for mounts. But the pets are unique and interesting. And they even said, and this is important to note, that pets are part of the system. Mm-hmm. And uh, how, how does that work? Do you need adults for that? Do you, uh, ha- is it a critter based pet system, you know, where you've got to go and, for the love of God, no Pokemon in the game, but go, <laughs> go, <laughs> World of Warcraft reference again, just saying. But you've got to go and catch a little critter of some sort. And... Personally, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind if they had that system in there. I mean, again, it... later, though, later, later on. Right. I mean, it's it's not like something that, you know, at at live that I would be like clamoring if I didn't get my wife might feel differently. She said <laughs> mouse, pets, titles, transmog sets. It almost sounded like that rhymed like a melody. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, great point there. Right. You want to have different for different players right again not homogenizing the experience giving people an outlet to kind of 
look at, you know, and, and spark their creativity. Some people spark their creativity in the character creator in putting together a really sweet looking, you know, uh, transmog or costume set. Others might really want to, you know, focus their creativity in creating something really unique in look and in play style for your mount or your battle pet or even a cosmetic pet. I think that is definitely something where not only you can engage players, you can engage economy, you can in engage a broader community in saying, hey, we really want to find this rare griffin or this rare, you know, you know, piece of DNA in order to progress the storyline and the lore. Oh, man. And there's so many things you can do with this. I mean, it's off the chain. You know, you go find some ruins of a, a laboratory and you find a extinct creature's DNA. I mean, oh, man, the long-term potential for animal husbandry. I mean, to get a creature that maybe was, you know, now only a myth that is now extinct on the planet you pull some jurassic park stuff going yeah. on here where you go and you find some dna and then this person's able to maybe go to an alchemist or something you know go to some mad scientist somewhere or something and you just even you bring better back you go full pandora's box and create something <laughs> that ultimately goes and eats people i mean <laughs> and it's a mistake right sorry I about mean, your we freehold were... <laughs> yeah exactly right I mean, we were talking about this like when the article first came out. It's like the experiment. And I just kept thinking of the mad scientist. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's, again, so many possibilities where oh, you could have some some randomness, but in a fun way and not, again, have it be the core design principle, right? The core design principle is customization. But wouldn't it be neat if you, like I said, you created something that was epically cool right in some random way or you created something that you know bites back i mean they talked about you know about that a little bit with this article too is that if you you know have the skill etc to do this but it could go wrong and i would i think it would be a great story if it goes horribly right or horribly wrong in my opinion Exactly, you know, wisps and and all the feedback in chat, right? Yeah. Gets you to work together. You know, you have this level of customization. You know, different mounts, pets, titles for doing certain activities, right? Getting a cosmetic out of it. I mean, there's so many different ways, right? Yeah, there's so many different ways you can make this fun and interesting <laughs> and engage people. Yeah, exactly. Doctor Frank inside of Ash, just quick, get your pitchforks. Yeah, I mean, that to me would be such a great story to have <laughs> on your server is the time, you know, this mad scientist put together and created this event, yeah, right, man. in the game. I mean, there's, yeah, there's just so much they could do with this. And again, having a modular system like, you know, we've talked about in the past, I mean, it's not going to be, you know, the be all and end all, right? It's not going to solve everything and create every experience. But just thinking about these things from the ground up, um, I think, you know, is a great way if they can kind of build in that ability to have different, you know, modules that they can kind of activate or deactivate depending on what players choose. I think that would be just a great foundation for them to build off of. And, and it's an endless supply of content that the players themselves create. Just another layer, man. Yeah. It's just another layer that we can, we can have. It's like, 
they you know and i mean even even if like i mean even if animal husbandry wasn't in the game at launch uh, even if it was just a basic system at launch whatever i think that they can just get the fundamentals for all of these main parts that they've got moving when the game launches they could just get it down make sure it's built right i mean the, the potential to expand on all these systems long term i mean i mean i wouldn't i would never expect the kind of breeding and uh, animal husbandry to the level of kind of what you experience in something like arc survival evolved but man if you were able to expand to a system like that in an mmorpg oh man you got people playing your game just because of that they'll, yeah, they'll just exactly. do that all day long that's it that's what they'll do go on but look for goes, the next and that also goes back to that solo discussion right yeah how do you solo play relevant right right there i don't yeah. need to make the game easy mode for a solo player or you know the majority of the content yeah. achievable for a solo player there's a place for that there's a place for solo activity that keeps it relevant but doesn't you know subvert the fundamental design of the mm yeah i <laughs> sounds so great but i keep imagining that giant from game of thrones are we spoilers no incoming spoilers, no spoilers i can't i can't daedalus is here he's right there yeah okay never mind do we'll discuss this tomorrow on stream friends okay so yeah i mean i think that if you've you've actually got the the right pieces in place this is a great way to bring it full circle to what we started with talking about solo play right you know what what are some ways you can keep it relevant how far should someone be able to progress right I mean, this is something that's almost like this is like some horizontal progression you're talking about here. Yeah, I mean, make a server symbiotic at the end of the day, right? Yeah. I have a dependency as much as I have a dependency on, you know, groups to do things. There should also be dependency in some level, right, on individuals, right? People that really mm -hmm. invest their time to be the best, you know, armor crafter or weapon crafter or, you know, breeder in the animal husbandry profession or fisher right or chef i mean that is how you create a unique experience and help people feel relevant not by homogenizing the content and making it be you know everybody can do everything everybody gets a trophy right because then that just turns it into something that's like crap if everybody can get this and i can't have a chance to be unique what real motivation do I have? You know, there's some baseline motivation, but that goes away quickly when everybody can do it. Can I fish fish and then breathe them into flying fish mounts? Do you <laughs> gliding you're, you're speaking my wife's language right now. <laughs> gliding, <laughs> gliding, gliding mounts, right? The puffer fish or something. The puffer fish mount. Yeah, that's please don't please don't ever do that. Please. Oh no, I think that would be awesome, dude. You can create a like a, a mount that has some sort of underwater capability. Only if I can poke it. <laughs> I like the sea turtle idea. Well, or the otter rather from the previous whatever. Yeah. Dude, come on, yeah. No, the tidebreaker needs your love, man. I like the tidebreaker. I want a tidebreaker. Oh wait, when was that anyway? Oh shit. That was I think that was what last month? right that's still up in the shop isn't it yeah good well, hey you know they're training somebody new right so hopefully the, the new guy 
doesn't, you know, give us something totally Stefferton. Uh, what do you think? Breed dragon and horse to get a fire breathing Pegasus. Okay. See. What's up? My see. girl has a good idea, doesn't she? Look at that. I dig it. I dig it. Wispy's like, I'm on board. I am too. It's better than that Pegasus mod that we had in Ark. Do you remember that night scream? That was ridiculous. And you get a Pegasus, and you get a Pegasus, and you get a. We get it. We're all special. <laughs> um, I seriously though, I would like a, like a really like <laughs> fire breathing pufferfish. That's what I want. I want to crossbreed. <laughs> I'm just trying to trigger you, man. <laughs> but there should be an option to add like a baby powder bottle. Well, if I can get a sharp device and poke it. <laughs> And then it then and then it dusts me and I'm like, oh, it's all meant to be whatever. A puffer fish that blows baby powder. That's <laughs> you, you you poke it, it's just like <laughs> almost sounds like a sneeze. That is the, and that is the highest my voice can get when I make stupid sound effects like that. I swear <laughs> on it. What's up, DJ Vertec? True story. I want to swim around and collect puffers on my sea unicorn horns. We're going all kinds of, well, this is a high fantasy game. Isn't that right, Stephen? High fantasy. Yeah. Dr. Frankenstufferton. Dr. Frankenstufferton. Man, you know, I got to tell you guys, too. I got to tell everybody. So when I went and visited this studio last year, and I went by there, um, I went by one of the tables, and I'm just going to be honest. Went by the tables and they were like, "What do you think of Stuffertons?" So I was like, eh, "That's not really for me." And it was the guy who made Stuffertons, and I was like, "Oh, I'm so bad. I feel bad." It was bad man. I would be like, oh, man. I was like, "Well, I'm not trying to like crap on your man." I was like, "You said, yeah, pretty much that's the way it went." I was like, "But I mean, I know a lot of people like that sort of thing," and I was like, "I just need to shut up now." Like, you know. Can we make yeah. Stefferton evil with some crazy, like Superman, like eye laser beams and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Night Scream says, "No, it's not." And I have proof. What are you talking about, Night Scream? In chat, if you were here, you'd know, but you're not, so you guess you have about 14 days to come back to D Live and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, but yeah, so yeah, other topics kind of related to or any of your questions. Uh, can can I, can we can I mute my own mod? I can't, can I? That's unfortunate. Can we just disregard what whatever she's saying right now, please? No, we don't need. You can. It's not important. Night scream. No. 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 Oh, maybe put you a timeout. <laughs> like <laughs> this is the one time I'll do it. I swear on it by Stufferton's grace. <laughs> dweedle indeed indeed dweedle and also dust me i think we're at a good place for the show friends uh daedalus final thoughts on any of these stuff of things and also what could we get this month that would just rock our socks man give give me some more node stuff man i mean i love what they the science node i want to see not one two two node blogs oh, i'm man. issuing a hashtag ashes 
Pathfinders Challenge right now. Dust me with nodes info. That's what I want to see. Or, hey, you know what? Throw me a curveball. Give me something about a profession. Give me an animal husbandry article. I would love that. Would be a good follow up. But definitely, I mean, I like them mixing in lore and other things, right? But just definitely come back to the foundations. Give us stuff about the foundation, the base professions. I think that would be great. More node stuff, more profession stuff. Just give me something, something new, something to get excited about. Something to tickle your fancy, even? I wouldn't necessarily go that far because this is a family show. <laughs> I mean, it depends on what you define a fancy as. I'm just talking about, you know, good times. Okay. Um, so in chat, actual footage of the MMO being played, a quest line being done, dot, 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 something. With desperation, they say. Well we need played. info on the well game played. mechanics. Vertex says node blog and another deep lore blog like the old one with the girl and her family. Dilia's diary. Yeah. Right. Yes. Cause that like overall. Solid. Yeah. Cause like that story was actually very well done. It gave you, I mean, you could visualize it. You know, we had some, <laughs> I don't know what I'm. Yeah. Sim dot, 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 LOL. I'm not in trouble. A grown ass man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> D, but you know what beer tech i agree with you man like that that Does blog somebody need to borrow the baby powder dust me <laughs> look man <laughs> i kid but you know what dilia's diary would be a great example like that is not something that gives away any of the actual like any significant part of the game lore it's it's a small you know, micro story to the greater narrative. It's not going to spoil anything. You know, the mighty beard tavern uh, was one that was not bad either, but Dilia's diary was great because it was insight into the dwarves as they were kind of escaping. You know, I imagine at some point down the road, we could potentially see a quest. Uh, we found a tablet or we found a, a scroll somewhere in a cave and the cave turned out to be where they escaped from. And then right where the harbinger harbingers kind of plopped down and busted everything up. Right. I mean, that was a great example of a story that really got people kind of speculating and curious as to where, you know, the origin story for everything was at. And, you know, it, it was a snapshot, snapshot, but it didn't spoil a whole lot as far as like the dwarves went or anything like that. I thought it was great. You know, give us something not a give us something atypical, right? Something we're not expecting, right? We would expect the KLR humans. We'd expect the Imperian Elves, right? Uh, give us something on the Vec orcs or shoot over and give us something on uh, just anything fishing, which people will be like, what? Or yeah. Or any of these um, completing a quest. I mean, I think if you just, I think what they could do would, would be really good is if they, in, in one of their live streams, they were like, so we're going to go take a stroll down this, uh, you know, we're going to go start out this village somewhere that we can't tell you about. That's a hell of a tease. We're going to go in and start in this village, right? And you see it's the architecture, but they aren't telling you what it is. And then they go, you know, venture out into the wilderness and they come across something else. And they maybe give you some description to it. They don't tell you where they're at, but you're seeing plenty of landscape that's brand new. 
I mean, you do right. something, just anything like that, and everyone's going to be like speculation crazy. You get the Discord chattering about it. You get the forums chattering about it. You get the podcast chattering about it. You get people making videos on it. You got content. You got community driving this narrative outside of everyone here waiting for the game. And then you've got engagement. And that's, I really feel like important. I know that we know, look, no, when the game launches, everyone's going to want to play it because people are hungry. They are craving an MMORPG that they can dump the next 10 years of their life into. That's not going to, it's not going to shaft them, man, at the end of the day, right? It's not going to like take them 10 years and then go, sorry, we're all about the, the corporation and the money now and microtransactions and all that other garbage that it's all about. That's gaming now. Mm -hmm. It's cash grab, microtransactions, uh, nostalgia bait to exploit your coin purses. Yeah, that's right. That's a coin purses in the real world. Yeah, that can happen directly in the coin purse. <clears throat> pun intended. Yeah. Oh, oh man, you know, I could have said something. I'm doing a hell of a job at really refraining. <laughs> I'm trying so hard, man. Yeah, gee, gee. I am. Yeah, I'm not trying to get dusted. You know, on my own podcast, man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> probably by a mod, Night Screamer Wisp. I would probably wager and. Daedalus, he just incentivized them to do it with the light for debate powder bottle. Yeah, yes, <clears throat> I have. Hold strong, Tarlac says in chat. Veritex says, and the crowd goes wild. Also, if you'd like to create a petition, sim for voice acting in Ashes, let's go. Anybody? No? Damn y'all. Damn y'all. On that note, I think we've reached the end of the show friends it's been a good conversation and lots of fun to be had hopefully next time i can get the intro to the podcast correct i'll try to drink either coffee or sleep more or both but i don't think you can do that at the same time it doesn't work well i'm just yeah. saying we're brainstorming here on the pathfinder podcast friends everyone it's been fantastic you can catch the ashen herald can i do this and outro at the same time it seems that i possibly can on all of this stuff and things right there and to everyone else here thanks so much for hanging out pathfinders you rock for the crusade and until next time we will catch you on stream